We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. So to Knicks Nation, CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. On tonight's episode, we got a lot to touch on, man. The NBA proposed plans for its restart and how it's going to impact the Knicks. We also got to talk about could the Knicks be big spenders this offseason and and what way that could impact the team. And we're going to get into some draft tidbits. Got a lot of draft news for you guys. All of that tonight with tonight's special guest. He's my guy, Pierre Andreessen, a man of a thousand nicknames, a.k.a. Pee-wee the Plug, a.k.a. God Stacks Porzingis. A lot of you guys know him from Bleacher Reports, House of Highlights, Through the Wire podcast. P, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show, man. Knicks Fan TV debut, bro. What's going on? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm good, bro. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I'm so grace, graceful to be here. Um, and, and rock out with you, man. People don't know this has been a long time. Long coming. time coming, man. We've been planning this for part, a minute, bro. Yeah, I'm partly to blame. CP been trying to get me on here for a long time, but it's here now. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm really excited. I feel like like this is I'm, like I'm getting drafted. Like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a viewer of Nick Fan TV. I'm a supporter. Like y'all in the comments, I'm one of y'all. No Don't doubt. get the titles and my job title twisted. I'm a part of this, man, so I'm, I'm happy to be here. Bro. No doubt, no doubt, man. So let's kick it off, man, because uh, The Athletic is reporting, according to Shams and, and John Hollinger, that the league is debating starting off on December 22nd, a lot earlier than anticipated. There was some thinking that they could start on MLK Day, maybe even into February, maybe into March. So here's the proposed plans. Um, they're talking about a 72-game season. That's 72. The magic number 72 uh, takes into account the contract that the NBA has with the regional networks. That's the minimum number of games that they want to get to to get that money. Now, you got to follow the money trail because there's a lot of revenue at stake for the NBA over these next two years. So 72-game schedule is what they're trying to get to. Now... What that schedule might comprise of, given COVID and the impacts, 
is what John Hollinger is saying is it could be a heavy divisional schedule where they limit the travel. So you could have up to eight games with each divisional opponent. That means the Nets, Celtics, Raptors, 76ers. All right. And potentially no non-conference games. Potentially. I'm not, I don't really see that happening, but potentially no non-conference games. Now, as far as timelines, you know we got the draft coming up November 18th. They're thinking if they keep this schedule, the salary cap and the luxury tax are going to be finalized in the coming days, maybe even at the end of the week. You got the draft November 18th. Free agency could be right after that within the next couple of days. And then, boom, training camp December 1st, man. What, what do you think about these changes? I like it. Um, so we can get right to it. The the thing about it is, like you like you mentioned, the revenue. So I think the sooner we do it, because the Christmas Day is such a lucrative day for the NBA, the more money we can get, like let's like let's get it. I know it's yeah. been reports like that some of the top players may sit out the first month or so. Yeah, you know and LeBron want that rest, bro. Right, like you know yeah. what I'm saying. So I'm hoping that that report doesn't scare the NBA away from it. But we need that revenue, especially like the Knicks. Like we, that's what our bread and butter is, is our cap. You know, so um, I'm all for it, though, because I want things to line in. I want pressure to be put on these other teams that have to make decisions. You know, yeah. maybe we can hopefully get a bigger or better shot to get some of these free agency free agents in this free agency class because teams have to move quicker than they expected to. Yeah. Um, and just as an NBA lover, you know, we get basketball right back. So, of course, I like that. But I think the main thing is that revenue. We need to make up that revenue. Um, especially since fans are going to be limited, yeah. you know, even if they are allowed at all in the upcoming year. So, but when you point out that schedule part of us having to play schedule is heavy, bro, you know, the Nets, Celtics, 76ers, mm-hmm. that's tough, uh, for, for our Knicks. Tough. It's tough, man. Knicks out of 66 games. They played a 66 game schedule last season. Uh, it's been a long time, but they went two and 11 against the division. You factor in. <laughs> a KD and Kyrie led Nets team. Yeah. Obviously going to be a monster. You have a Sixer team that just hired Daryl Morey from Houston as their president of basketball operations. Mm-hmm. Does that mean they get CP3? You got to think the Sixers are going to be retooling and be ready to go. You have the Raptors, always, always a pest. I think they end up keeping Van Fleet. They're going to have that team. Celtics, obviously, coming off of what they did. So... The division is going to be heavy, man, and and it's going to be challenging for the Knicks because with a limited time frame to get everything together, brand new coach, brand new front office, the whole you know a, a good chunk of the roster potentially being turned over. It's going to be challenging for that team, man. So it, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding for the Knicks, man. Starting off, bro. Yeah, I mean, realistically. I think as Nick fans and just as a Knicks organization, realistically, we have to look into look into the future a little bit yeah. and understand that even without this, I mean, when you when you mentioned that conference, just in general, mm-hmm. we, we're put at odds with mm-hmm. everything that you just stated. You know, new GM, I mean, new front office besides uh, Perry and then the new coaching staff. We're going to bring in about three rookies at the least this year mm-hmm. and then free agency. We're going to bring in – so. Our whole dynamic of the entire organization from top to bottom, from front office to the players, we're going to have a lot of new stuff going on. So for us to try to figure that out, even if the season was starting in January, 
it still wouldn't be enough time, I think, for these things to mesh. So yeah. we were, com- we're coming in behind the eight ball, so to speak. So we should plan on being in the lottery again next oh, yeah. year. Definitely. Um, we'll have two picks. We got to start looking at these things as advantages for us. I know a lot of like nation is tired of losing. We want to get this thing going. But when I look around across the league, I'm looking at these different teams who are succeeding like a Toronto Raptors right in our conference, like a Boston Celtics. They did this brick by brick. Mm -hmm. So we need to start like copying that same thing and just 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 taking these L's. And knowing that in the long run, it's going to be beneficial. It's going to play out in the long run. And, uh, you know, for those for those Cade Cunningham dreamers, hey, I'm one of them. Right. Could be could be right back in the lottery. And if you get into the lottery with this 21 draft, you, you're hoping you're at the top. So, you know, could be a silver line into these challenges. But obviously, I hope the Knicks get off to a good start. They talking about um, bringing back the playing tournament like they did in the bubble. I figured yeah. that. I figured they they would enjoy that because that was part of um, a leak proposal even before the bubble. So they got a chance to do that in the bubble, and they're thinking about bringing that back. Um, I like that. I like yeah. that. That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I, I like that as well. Um, Five hundred million dollars at stake in revenue if they start on that December twenty second time frame. Now, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, um, big shout out to him. I really respect his work. He's saying that there's a contingent in the league, a.k.a. LeBron, that wants <laughs> to stick to that MLK start date. So we'll see what happens. I think they're going to stick with this December 22nd date uh, for all those revenue considerations that I just named. All of the momentum seems like that, right? Like every like they don't they wouldn't speak this much about it. Like yeah. we shouldn't have this much info if this wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. The fact that we know so much makes me feel like we we're going to be playing basketball on December. I, I agree with you, man. Now in other news, uh, Ian Begley of SNY is was reporting earlier, um, actually yesterday, that teams he's speaking to feel like the Knicks are open to using their 2020 cap space in a trade for an undesirable contract. You know, I wanted them to do this from last year. I looked at the Iguodala deal and even Harkless before they got Harkless as a move in terms of a salary dump that they should have entertained. Now, Mm -hmm. Ian reported that the Mills regime, Mills and Fisdale, didn't want to go that route because they didn't feel like they wanted to take on a player who could potentially be sour like Iguodala did to Memphis. And potentially, you know, ruin the locker room, so on and so forth. But again, from a team building perspective, I think this is a no brainer for the Knicks, bro. What do you think? I think the same thing. But like my biggest thing is I agree with you. Last year was to me the opportunity and chance to do it. You know what I mean? I think this year, let me ask you a question, CP. How many contracts right now are undesirable, would you say, in the NBA? You know, it's an interesting um, question that, that you put out there because what Bobby Marks is saying, he's just one person, but the salary cap experts feel like there may not be that many. Right. Then based that's my on point. the fact that, number one, the free agency class isn't that desirable. Mm-hmm. And number two, we still don't know the salary cap and luxury tax implications. That's, and that's why, like, for this, like, I, I'm with it. Like, I love this idea. I love this 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 thinking process. And yeah. I think this is the way to go. But like you said, man, last year was the year to do it. Yeah. Um, when I look at this year, I look at some of the quote unquote undesirable contracts that would be out there. 
And it would be like, how are they really that undesirable? Even if you look at some some of the few that are, like a Blake Griffin, I think that's an undesirable contract. Mm -hmm. But what could we do with the Pistons? Like, if we take Blake Griffin, we're going to want something in return with it. We're not just getting Blake Griffin. So what do the Pistons have for us to really want to take on that contract? And what sense would it make for them to trade Griffin when they're trying to rebuild and give us one of the pieces they could use? Exactly. Um, Then I look at a team like Charlotte, same thing with Batum. Mm -hmm. Like Batum is undesirable, but it's like he's going to be on the last year. So why would they trade us an asset when they could just like let him chill for one year? I look at the Jazz uh, with Mike Conley. Is Mike Conley really that undesirable for the Jazz? Would they be willing to give up a first round pick? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So when I look around the league, how many undesirable contracts are out there? John Wall? But then again, yeah, I like, can't take that wall contract, bro. I, I can't do it, bro. If and I, even then, if we'd be willing to, what could they really give yeah, us? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I think you hit it on the head, man. We may be just a year too late. Might be. It, it, it might be. But again, it, again, I always point to everything this all season with the Knicks about having options, right? If it's presented to them, they have cap space, they have draft picks, they they have some some moves that they can make. Um, as you said, I feel like when it comes to rebuilding teams, there's really no incentive for them to pony up draft picks that they could be using to rebuild their team. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like any free agents are going to Detroit, not like anybody's going to Charlotte or, or Soda. So a lot of those teams, I think, will, will keep their picks. A lot of the times it's a contender or, or uh, a team that's on the brink. That's trying to get some salary cap relief to sign a guy that they can upgrade on their team, right? Um, you look at what uh, Memphis was able to do in getting Iguodala from Golden State. This was before Steph got hurt and everything, and, and they figured that their season was going to tank. But Memphis was able to get a first-round pick out of that deal. Iguodala soured on him. He stayed home. And then Miami, in you know, multiple player trade, but... They got from Miami a young piece in Justice Winslow in a buy-low situation, and they still get a first-round pick from Iguodala. You know, those type of moves would, would be beneficial for, for the for the Knicks to make. I think um, a lot of people are thinking Kelly Oubre, man. A lot of I people like it. Kelly Oubre. I do, too. Yeah. Go ahead. I do, too. Like, if, if we get Kelly Oubre, like, everything that we're hearing, like, as Knicks fans, is about complimenting RJ and Mitch, which That's I'm it. right on par with. And I think when you talk about complimenting those two, it don't really get no better than Kelly Oubre, realistically. Yeah. Of course, yeah. there is a lot of desirable names that we would want, but realistically, to get Kelly Oubre, especially if we can also, in return, unload off Randall, my gosh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm the happiest Nick fan in the world if that works. So I think, yeah, 3 and D, young, he'll fit right in with the locker room. He's going to bring some flavor, going to bring some style and flair, which New York loves, of course. And then, yeah, he's going to compliment exactly what we're trying to do. Compliment those two guys. And then um, hopefully our draft pick can do the same thing. But I love Oubre. Oubre would be ideal. And yeah. I, I wouldn't even look at Oubre as bringing on an undesirable contract. Nah, like, I, I look at that, that one more desirable. as a swap. I look yeah. at Oubre more as a swap because Phoenix is not going to dump him. They're trying to compete for something. I mm-hmm. think they're either going to use him in a deal to get an even better piece or, um, like you said, maybe a Randall in some sort of pick swap. Uh, for for an Uber, he's making fifteen million dollars this year. Um, eighteen, I think he's about at like eighteen and nine. Or I know he's around like eighteen points a game this year. Had a good year, man. Had a good Super year. Good Season year. high in points, dimes, true shooting percentage. Uber had a good year, bro. Would you be fine swapping picks with them if we did something like eight we and give ten, Randall and we give them eight, and we take ten in Uber? Would you be cool with that? 
It's a good question. Because they're working out our guys. Like, yeah. we love Lewis. They love Lewis. They love you Lewis. Know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, you know, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's interesting. That'd be an interesting trade, man. That'd be an interesting trade. I know somebody on my last show was asking, uh, would I do uh, Ubre and 10 for Randall and like 27? That I would do. Oh, that we doing in a heartbeat. Yeah, that that I, I would do. I had to think about that one, but that I would do. I like Randall, bro. I'm not gonna lie, bro. I'm not. I'm not trying to just give him away. I like the kid. I thought he came in, played hard, but he he just played out of his role. Yeah, I, I feel like I see that everywhere with him. Like yeah. everything he's been on, he's kind of played out of his role. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a coaching thing. If if Thibodeau can get him to buy into who he is, because Randall wants to play like like a Greek freakish type basketball. He wants to get off the rim and be able to push it when to, to for me, that's just not his strength. It right. can be a strength, but he's a bit out of control. Exactly. Decision making isn't the best. Um, you know, a lot of charges. So I, I kind of like him as a small ball five. Obviously it won't work for us because we have big Mitch, but I liked him with the Pelicans when he was coming off the bench yes. and being at five and he was, that was his best year. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I'm not I'm not against Randall either, but I know when we talk about compliments and Mitch and RJ, it, he it don't look like it. It, it, yeah, it, it doesn't is. work, bro. I like him as a small ball five or six man. That that was that's what I was thinking. Small no, yeah. ball five or six man. Um, another guy. Now I did hear that the Conley deal um, for Randall was a potential. I don't know about mm-hmm. the draft considerations. I I think that was out there as a potential as well. Now the Jazz just got sold. They just got sold today. So again, yes. I don't know what that impact that has, what the new owner is going to want to do in terms of how they manage the cap and the luxury tax implications. But I do know that the Jazz, they, they want to keep that playoff push with Donovan Mitchell and try to clear up some cap to upgrade their team. Was there any specifics on that trade? Was it just like a Randall Conley swap or was there anything else involved that you know? I just of? heard that they were, I, number one, I heard that they want to trade Randall. That's for sure. Number one, I heard first priority is that they want to trade Randall. Uh, they're interested in Conley. The parameters of the deal, I'm not too clear on. It could have been a, a draft pick coming back. But again, it all depends on Utah's motivation, you know, and financially. Like I said, we got to wait until the salary cap and the tax implications are set and then it see makes, what U- Utah wants to do there. It makes sense for them, especially in how, how are you talking about using them, using them as a six-man small ball five and those game and those parts of the game where Rudy is kind of unplayable mm-hmm. on who, what teams you're playing against. I think Randall come in and he helped them. He yeah. helped them a lot. Um, our question though, is, is, is what happens for us on draft night? Like I, I would love a Conley to come in depending on how draft night works for us. But if we get a guard, I kind of don't want him. I would like, I, if we nope. get like, if they, we got mm-hmm. Lewis, I want to just let throw Lewis in you the fire. Throw him in there. Yeah. I don't know. If Tibbs would do that though. Would Tibbs, throw a young point guard in the fire again under these time frames you know small training camp maybe one preseason game if that and then boom you ride into the fire i'm not i kind of like akira or hayes if we get either one of them i kind of like them under a more established veteran even if it's an augustine for a little bit you know i'm not too crazy about a dj augustine but even if it's to just come in a little bit slowly develop and then take over the reins. I'm just wondering if Tibbs would just throw them in the fire and be ready to roll. You make a good point, but like I would prefer it to be at Augustine than a Conley, because then mm-hmm. we would be paying Conley the amount of money yeah, he's making. 30, 30. Just, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like 
I wouldn't want to pay him that type of money. And then would he even also be willing to do that? I think Conley still feels like he has valuable basketball to play. And we, if we're talking about souring the locker room, it could probably get sour. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I definitely agree with you, though, for the Augustine aspect. I think that would be phenomenal um, because you can put Augustine, Augustine in the mix. We won't be paying too much money for him. And then he'll be knowing that this is what his role is going to be from day one. True. You know, he'll he'll choose to be a Nick. Yeah. If we got Conley, he wouldn't be choosing to come here first and foremost. Sick. And then secondly, you'd be giving his minutes, half of his minutes or a big portion of his minutes to Lewis. And I don't think he'd be signing up to do that. So that's fair. That's um, fair. I think a lot of what we do is determined off of that eighth pick, man. Oh, like yeah. It, that, that eighth pick is so essential it's for big. us. It's big, man, and we're going to get to the draft in a second. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got 800 plus going strong in here. CP on the check-in. My guy Pete from House of Highlights through the Wire podcast on the check-in. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. It's been a long time coming. Um, And we got the phone lines up. We're going to take your calls in a little bit. 657-383-1509. Now, another guy, I think, if if we went the salary dump route and it was Mm -hmm. available... I don't know about you, bro. I would I would look at Danny Green, bro, as Ooh. in this way. I would look at it as yes, he he fell off completely. You know, finals he was he was atrocious in the bubble, but I think if he can find his shot as a low usage three point shooter, the defense you know defense homegrown kid, you might be able to have a flip situation where you come in, you start him, maybe he gets his groove back, and maybe you could flip him at the deadline to a contender for some more assets. I'm just looking no, at options in that way. I like the way you think it, man. They may need to, they may need, may need to get you a job up there. I, I like that one because again, Danny green fits exactly what we're trying to do. He would be a quote unquote dump. He fits. He would fit next to RJ and Mitch. He would compliment them. He's a veteran. And like you said, he come here, get a bunch of opportunity to get his, his shots off to make himself look nice and pretty and sexy for the deadline. And then, yep, a contending team that are coming swoop in. And I think where the NBA is going right now on paper, the league is balanced. So a guy like Danny Green being dangled at a trade deadline can make a team that's contending feel like he can be the game changer and the cherry on top to get them over the hump to be better than an L.A. Lakers or Brooklyn Nets or Golden State if they're in the mix or Miami if they're back. So I like that idea a lot. Now the question is, what will we have to give up? That's always my biggest thing. Well, I mean, like I said, in a in a salary dump, you're not trying to give up anything, right? You're trying mm-hmm. to offer that team, listen, we got the cap space to take him on. And people say, you know, Danny Green, I'm not talking about him, you know, making the Knicks anything. I'm talking about we, we're trying to build for the future here in, in terms of acquiring assets. That's the whole name of the game. That's how we're trying to play this thing, right? We're trying to improve the team now and also in the future. If you could get a reclamation project in a green from the Lakers, let's say they give you now they gave up a ton of picks for 80. Let's say they give you a a, a future pick a 2022 or down the road. He comes in, does his thing for half a season. And you if you're able to flip him like they did with Mook and get that late first round pick, even a second, whatever the case may be, that's a win for you. Yeah, I think Chet needs to accept the fact that this is a possibility. Yeah, like, a possibility. I know they, yeah, I know they may not be crazy over the name Danny Green because yeah. of what he did in the finals, but like, like CP is saying, we're not pitching to have Danny Green a part of the core. Right. We're going to dress him up, make him look good, so we can do the same thing we did for Mook. 
And I think what we did with Mook was a win-win. And I love Mook, but man, I think that was an excellent thing that we did. I feel like that Mook situation, we don't get enough credit a credit for it. That as was a steal. Like that was a steal. Yeah. Like that was the that was picture perfect for us. And I feel like if we can do the same thing with a Danny Green and just stockpile these assets, we're gonna be good. Yeah. We got we gotta let go of the fact that no Kevin Durant and Kyrie ain't coming through that they door. They ain't come through that door, fam. <laughs> so know what like I mean? Danny Green and, and these salary dumps that we naming, that's just a realistic route to get to where we're trying to go. That's like, it. It's, just, it's what it is. It's, it's the end I, game. I like it though. It's the I end like game, it, man. Um, let's hear it from the people, man. Let's go to DJ Cash. DJ Cash, how you feeling, bro? Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Good, man. How you feeling? What's your point tonight? What's going on, guys? How's it going? Good, bro. What's going on? Yeah. Listen, man, we playing this chess game here, and, uh, you know, I'm tired of the Knicks being pawns, man. We need to make some moves. Now, in terms of, um, you know, these these assets, yeah, we need to gain assets and taking on these salaries. We're not giving up anything. Like, the Phoenix deal is a good deal. Now, there's a few teams, when you look at the business of this, it's going to be strapped, so they're going to have to make some moves. And we're already correctly positioned to take on those salaries. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you want to do something for us. I mean, you do something for them, you got to do something for us. So you got to give up some assets. It's a give and take situation in terms of the business. And, and in us acquiring those assets, we take that and get it to fit us, to, 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 to build us up so that we can make further chess moves, as it were. And in that way, you know, we can really build a team. Of course, you know, whatever assets that we do get is going to affect the draft. Now, we talked about a lot of different picks. Hopefully, it, it should not affect number eight. I personally like for sale at number eight. But those mm. su- successive picks, depending on who we can get from a salary dump and assets, you know, make according moves on that chessboard. So hopefully that's something that will work out for us. But that's my comment. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It's a long-term play. That's how you got to look at it with the Knicks, man. It's a long-term play in, in how they build this thing. And I think, again, it's all about having options. You know, I'm not saying, you know, Danny Green is, is uh, you know, the end-all, be-all, but it's, it's about having options. It's those types of moves that I'm talking about, if it's available to them, that they should be entertaining. And I love the way he put it. I love him using the chessboard reference. I think more Knicks fans need to just accept the fact that that's the game we're playing. We're no longer playing checkers when we're hyping up Zion, KD, and Kyrie-type off-seasons. Yeah. We need to get to reality where salary dumps is a part of it, and we build it for the future. It's a chess game from here on out. It's, it had We have to start thinking different. If we look around the landscape of the NBA, no team has had um, like an off-season change. It's been brick by brick. Even if you look at L.A. and getting A.D., they got that because they were able to get Alonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma throughout yeah. years of drafting and stockpiling assets. Right. The Celtics, right. who are in our conference, that team is stacked all off assets. To this day, they're still benefiting from that those assets. So I think we got to start moving like that, man. Big we fact, have big to. Fact. Big facts. It's, it's about time. And I'm very interested in seeing how the Celtics handle this draft with three picks and, and minimal roster spots. Your boy Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report feels like he was told that uh, that they're going to make a move. So let's see. And, and let's see if they call on the Knicks, man. Um, my guy, Raw Hebrew Remnant, checking in. What's going on, bro? How you doing, my man? Good, man. Okay, so you got. I like how you guys are talking, man. So, first of all, obviously, we want 
and weaponize the cap space that we have. Mm-hmm. Whether or not the cap goes below. Now, I'm just looking at a report today. Yesterday, they were saying, a report saying the cap was going to drop, but today they're saying they're going to keep it at 109 and keep the 132's tax. Mm-hmm. That's still a team like Utah, like you mentioned, CP, in terms of just getting bought by a new owner. Mm-hmm. I don't think that guy wants to start his ownership in luxury tax territory. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, and then with Conley at $34 million, if they can get that off their books, I think they're going to want to do that. And mm-hmm. so I believe that we, as the Knicks, are in a good position to acquire draft picks. And I'm liking how people are starting to talk anyway this week. If you recall, like a month ago, everybody was talking about us giving up draft picks in these situations. No. But mm-hmm. now people are more coming around on understanding that we need to acquire draft picks. We're not giving nothing up because we, we got the money. We're in a position where they got to come to us. Like I said – I call I call Leon Rose Papa Rose right now. We got to come to Papa because we got the money. So they come to us with Conley, uh, no problem. We taking we taking that first round pick at twenty three, and then we go about our business. We drop you off Randall and we keep going. Or you want to talk to Phoenix? Phoenix wants this is the thing with Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is looking at a point guard, but they want to get to that next level. Even if they like Kyra Lewis, even if they like Terrell Terry. That guy, one of those two guys they draft him, they're not taking him to the promised land of the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They might be a year from now, but Phoenix is looking to go to the playoffs this year. So that mm-hmm. way, they're looking at a Fred Van Fleet. They're looking at somebody like yep. a Grant, somebody that's going to help them get to that next level now. So they need to clear cap space. Now, yep. one thing I don't understand, and maybe one of you guys can enlighten me, in a salary dump, can Phoenix just send us, 14 million of Oubre in the 10th, and we can throw them some second rounders in the future because that way they go. Well, I'm just saying, now y'all laughing, but I'm saying they go from being at, at 19 million of cap space to 33 yeah. million, and now they're in the ballpark to talk to a Van Fleet, and now we got our eighth and our 10th. I'm trying to tell you yeah. this the Knicks are going to acquire another first round pick in this draft. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. The only mm-hmm. question is, is who is it coming from? Is it Utah? Is it Orlando? Is it the Sun? Is it Minnesota? Because all of them, here, Minnesota got to pay the number one draft pick $11 million this year. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that, that, and they already going to be over the cap. So they can't sign. They could use a starting 25-year-old uh, power forward in Julius Rand. They could use that. And so we could use their 17th pick. You understand? So I'm just saying there's going to be opportunity for the mm-hmm. Knicks to acquire an addition first round pick now think about this cp we got three, we will have three first rounders this year with a second we will have two first rounders next year with a second that's that's five first round picks i'm trying to tell you i believe our management is worth this salt so we're going to hit a couple of these guys going to pop a couple yep. of these guys going to pop three years Not from enough. now we're talking about a different situation. Hey, because I hope so, man. In these next two years, we're going to have lots of opportunities. I'm going to let you go. But, I hope hey, so. great show, CP. Yes, I sir. appreciate you, man. Continue to do what you're doing, man. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it, man. This is my guy, Raw Hebrew Remnant. Make sure you check out his YouTube channel, man. That boy spits facts. That guy spits facts on, on the Knicks, man. That's my guy. I liked a lot of what he was saying. That's one of the best calls I done heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, he's, he's always on point with, with, his, uh, with, his, with his commentary, man. I respect him a lot. One of the things he mentioned um, was the salary dump, us just taking money mm-hmm. and just giving back a second-round pick. 
the reason those things aren't on the table, and I'm not the mathematician guy as far mm-hmm. as NBA and cap and all of that, but what I've been reading is like for some teams, when they have the bird rights or the rights of a player, they can't just dump it off. Mm. So it doesn't work like they just trade. Like, for example, when we t- when we talked about being able to accept undesirable contracts, Philadelphia came up a lot. But then a guy who 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 works for Philadelphia came out and basically said, even just giving the Knicks Tobias Harris still doesn't put them under the cap. Mm. They would have to essentially trade Tobias and Horford. So a lot of teams can't just trade one big contract and be right under the cap. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that works for the Jazz. Maybe it would apply to the Jazz, but I know that's why a lot of those options aren't there. But I like what he said about Minnesota. Minnesota could use a, t- a, a, a forward. Mm-hmm. They do have that that second pick in the draft at 17. Um, and, and I like I like the 17 range in this draft a lot. I love it. And, and well, Perino, the Knicks certainly likes it as well. He he felt like you know I, I was listening to him on a, when he was with the Jazz. Um, just listening to him on a podcast, he felt like that 15 or 40 range, there was a lot of value. Obviously, that's going to change with a Knicks standpoint. But I think overall sentiment of this draft, this is a draft of of risk. And and a lot of that value could be deeper in the draft. I don't think there's any certainty in this draft, man. Hey, when we talk about having multiple first round picks in the next coming years, I think we got to start taking risks. We got to let our nuts hang. That's me, bro. That's me, bro. We got to go for it. Scare money don't make no money. That's where I come from. You know what I mean? I'm from Chicago. That's that's our mentality. And like I said, when we what we have to start doing is we got to start looking at the other successful teams around the NBA. And a lot of those successful teams, man, they said effort. We going for it. We taking that risk, and those risks turned out to be big rewards. We can't be playing a safe game. We got to take those shots. So I'm with you, bro. I'm trying to win a chip, bro. Can we can we win a championship, bro? I'm not just trying to win games, P. I'm trying to win. I'm no, to win the whole thing, man. It's been a long time. It's, it's and I'm young. For real, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up on for you boys. The chat is popping an IP. We got eleven seventy on the check-in on Knicks Fan TV. Not everybody in here, man. Salute to everybody watching on Facebook as well. This is number one show for the fans by the fans. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. My man P, House of Highlights own, Through the Wire podcast own, on the check-in as well. Long time coming. Um, let's, let's, g- let's give away a snapback tonight, man. Let's let's give away um, for all my Knicks fans you out there. Knicks snaps. Yeah, man. Let, let's give away the camo joint tonight. Let's give away the camo joint. So my guy Dave in the chat is uh, going to distribute the, the forms, fill it out. And, and uh, yeah, we're going to give this away, man. Brand new with the tags. You know, this ain't a Fulton Street knockoff, man. We don't do that here, Pete. This is all fresh. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, that's just how we do, man. Salute to everybody. Okay. Y'all fill out that form. Get that snapback, fill y'all. That, fill out that form. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up button for you boys. You guys know the protocol. Uh, TM, let me know if I need to slow down the chat. The chat is going crazy tonight. Let me know if I need to slow it down a little bit so people at home could, could read some of the comments. Now, um, if you guys are new in the chat, leave me a hashtag new. I'll shout you guys out. Shout out my guy, uh, Gabriel Casada in here, checking in. Wayno Sacchiel. I see a lot of new people in here. Trini. Jaden Diaz in here. He's a regular. Shout out Christopher Fortes. What's going on, Christopher? Uh, we got Stephen Weeks in here. All my mods. What's going on? Um, P. Rick War 82 says, Chi-Town is a great town, man. Much love, man. We appreciate that. Chi-Town is great. Um, but it's a bit cold. That's when it's not my favorite yeah. place to be. But uh, give me like seven days and I'll be ready to fight the, the winner. 
Bro. We the winning city for a reason, man. Shy town is lippy, bro, bro. All star, <laughs> I was out there like an igloo, man. All star, freezing. Some man. of the credentials that that I had gave me access to everything, but I didn't go to a lot just because <laughs> of the simple fact that it was cold. So I was in the, you know, uh, they had us cooped down downtown. Yeah, in some little nice hotel. So I was just with wifey. I'm like, I'm gonna skip out on the dunk yeah. contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have that, man. You know, Shy Town was brick city, man. But but all in all, a good time, and I definitely want to touch on um your experience with with that as well a bit later on. Um, let's let's talk about draft real quick. Is there some draft yes, tidbits that came in? Number one, Kyra Lewis Jr. Kyra Lewis Jr. Uh, was in Miami three hundred five with Worldwide West, mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau, and Scott Perry had a, had dinner with them. Uh, they got on FaceTime, according to the New York Post. They got on FaceTime with his coach and was chopping it up with the coach. So Knicks seem like they're fairly high on Kyra, man. They um, Each team has 10 prospects that they could bring in for a workout. Only 10. Kyra was one of those for the Knicks. We don't know who the rest are. Kyra was one of those, man. So we'll I see. I love it. I'm, I'm, high, I'm high on Kyra. Um, and, you know, I'm not even going to lie. What got me so high on Kyra was uh, Jay Ellis. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he sold me. And um, I'm here for it. I love the fact that we're aggressively working him out uh, and meeting with him and doing everything that we need to do. My question for you is, how would you feel, and everybody in the chat can respond, if we took Kyra at eight? You know what? I'm going to trust this team. As we just said, bro, roll the dice. Yep. I know, listen, there's a lot of fans for Vassell. I would love him from, you know, his profile. I'm a defensive guy first and foremost. Um, you know, my passion for this team stems off of defense. I would love Vassell. He could easily help this team. Him and RJ would be a perfect pairing. Low usage guy that's going to get after it. Give us some versatility on the defensive end. What's there not to like about him, about his floor? Again, on previous episodes, I've said it's not a point guard or bust situation for me, but I just feel like We've never locked that down, bro. Never. The last good point guard we had was Ray Felton, bro. That's eight years ago, man. We have got to get some stability at the point guard position. It elevates your whole team. Unless you have a game changer, you know, whether it's on the perimeter, whether it's down low on the block, a Jokic, a Kawhi, a LeBron, so on and so forth. You need that point guard, man. You're not going yeah. anywhere without that floor general that's going to make it happen for you or somebody that the defense is going to respect. Now, is Kyra that guy? I'm not going to hear, hear to tell you that he's going to be a star. But what I'm here to say is that I want to get that process started. And if the team, if if the scouts, I believe in Will Perrin, I believe in the new scouting department that we have, and I'm going to bet on this development philosophy, bro. If they like him, go ahead and take him. I'm with it. No, I'm, I'm with it as well, man. And you have been echoing that, you know, for the past few episodes, saying that we need that engine. And that's what I'm brought in that we need we we need it. We've been looking for it. You know, Frank, we, we took the chance on, on DS. You know what I mean? Um, we we need it, man. We just need it. And I just feel like, like you said, we have to start taking those chances. And if that's our guy, we can't overthink it. I don't want to trade back with Boston and potentially get 14 thinking Cairo would be there. And the next thing you know, Phoenix takes him at 10. Right Now we look stupid because we don't have our guy that we could have just took at eight. I don't want to overthink this. Um, and it looks like they're not going to overthink it. If from what I'm looking, from what I'm looking at, I could be wrong, but it doesn't look like they're going to overthink it. They're, they're going out and having dinner with them, multiple workouts, work, multiple meetings and things like that. 
Um, and, and like you said, while parents said, you know, in that range from like the, the teens to 40, it could be dangerous. And we know when he made that comment, that's where Kyra was projected to go. Right. Kyra has only been picking up steam of going like 10 to eight in that range like as of as of as of recently, mm-hmm. but when Walter Walt Perry made that comment, it it was a while ago, and that's about the range yeah. that people were speaking on Kyra's name. So hopefully that's our guy. I wouldn't be minding it. I like Vassell, like you said. Um, that's a bunch of guys that I like, but I, I also wouldn't mind you know taking our guy, whoever it may be, at eight, whether it's what the mocks are saying or not. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that at all, man. I would not mind it. And again, no, he's not John Morant off the off off the rip. What may be down the road, he could develop into that guy. We are about a development track right now. A lot of people say, well, wait till the next year's draft. I don't know what next year's draft is going to be. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know what next year's draft is going to hold. I would like to start that process mm-hmm. now if they feel like his ceiling is high. Um, I like Hayes a little bit better as a prospect. I like his size a little bit better. I like his defensive instincts a little bit better. Um, his game in the pick and roll, I like. But Kyra certainly has potential as well. Now, Kyra's coach on, on the conference call, um, or his coach told the Post that his two main weaknesses were um, his defense. needs to, He needs to be more consistent on the defensive end. And his three ball needs to be a little bit consistent. So, you know, his coach also sees the, the development Need a development potentially in Kyra Lewis as well, so that that's pretty clear. If his jump shot is is a was a weakness, I'm buying because it looked good to mm. me. It, it looked good to yeah. me, so I'm I'm buying I'm buying large on that. Yeah. And yeah, I think he has some of the John the, the John Wall, John Morant, De'Aaron Fox type tangibles as well. Not saying, of course, like you said, that he'll be that level, especially out the gate, mm-hmm. but he'll be in that mold. And if you if you give me any of those guys that we just named or a quarter of those guys, and I'm happy. It's better than what we've had yeah. um, for the past decade, you mentioned. Uh, I'm with it, man. Um, now, yeah, uh, like you said, he's met with Phoenix twice. I think if they let him get past 10, I think there's a good chance that he'll be taken there. Now... You mentioned 14 with Boston. Again, I'm hearing Boston is going to be active and trying to get up. Yeah. If Okongu is there hovering at eight, I think I looked at Okongu and maybe even Obi as two targets for Boston. You know, they're, they're set on the perimeter right now. Yes, they um, are. You know, maybe do they go and look for an heir apparent to Kemba? Maybe. But I think if they look in the front court is where they there's an immediate need. And, and I think if Okongu or maybe Obi is there at eight, I think Boston will call the Knicks. Will the Knicks entertain that trade back? I'm not a, necessarily a fan of trading back, but I think that potential is there for the Knicks on draft night. I think if, if it, I'm with you, I'm not a fan, but I think if we read the room and it's all about the first seven picks, and I think that's the great, that's why this tra- this draft is so crazy because mm-hmm. every pick is so crucial and could change the route or the trajectory of this entire draft. But if we look at, yeah, if we look at Boston at eight having a chance to get a Congo, uh, it'll be about us making a proper read of the draft because I, I'm not opposed to it, but we would have to we, we would have to ask for that bag. And what I mean by that bag, we need everything. So Boston would have to settle as only taking eight. So that means we would have 14, 26, Six. 27, and 30. Yeah, yeah. We need it all. I don't want two picks for eight. I, you know, I want all of it. And we would have four first-round picks. Um, and even at 14, if, if, if Kyra Lewis is taken by Phoenix at 10, I think we would have a, still a chance to get somebody like Tyrell Terry, who I'm also high on. You know what I mean? Yep. Somebody yep. in this draft is going to fall. They, they all sure. can't be taken by the time For we sure. get to 14. Sure. It's a lot of, a lot of guys 
who uh, can be set steady, solid rotational players. I don't think this this is a star-studded draft class as far as high yeah. upside, but I yeah. feel like comp- complementary pieces to put a surrounding cast for your star is is, is all through this draft. I agree. Um, I, I agree with you so, on that. I agree yeah. with you on that. Now, a guy that you and a lot of other scouts um feel like has a high upside that now I'm hearing is rising up the ranks is Devin Vassell's teammate, Patrick Williams and on on your channel, your mock draft, you have the Knicks taking Patrick Williams at eight, man. Talk to me about what you like about this kid. What I like, man, I don't like anything about him. I love everything about him. First Mm. and foremost, he coming in with an NBA big boy body. Mm. You know what I mean? We talking about six, seven, six, eight, 235 out of the gate. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he is the youngest guy in this draft class. Um, So if you're coming in at that body and that size, as a kid, still essentially, I think out of the gate, that's number one. When you talk about shooting, the shooting potential is there for him. And, and I'm not even talking about a statistical standpoint. Just do the eye test and just look how he's getting that shot off. Look at the form. Look at the rotation. Everything off the catch is smooth as butter. So I like that first and foremost. And then I think going forward in this league, we're going to have to need uh, we're going to have to want a, a guy that's going to be able to lock somebody down. Mm-hmm. Like when we talk about going against Kevin Durant. We talk about going against, you know, Kawhi Leonard's. We're going to need somebody who's going to be able to guard them. Um, I don't know if RJ is going to be that guy. I, I would guess not at 6'6", and how much we're going to ask from him on the offensive end. I wouldn't even want to put that on his plate. So I think if we can get a guy like Patrick Williams who has all of this, this upside and tools defensively, we can bring somebody like Thibodeau in, which we've done to, to breed this guy to be that stopper. Thibodeau has the history with these guys to breed them and, and, and create them, or not create them, but you know, develop them into being shut down guys. And I think he has playmaking potential on the pick and roll. Um, he shot the ball excellent at the free throw line, 83%, 32% from the three. He didn't get a lot of opportunity shooting the ball. Nobody really did at Florida State. Mm-hmm. And he came off the bench because he was a kid. But I think if we take that chance, I'm looking at a guy that reminds me of Paul Millsap, a winning player. Everywhere Paul Millsap has been, he's won, whether it was in Utah, Atlanta, mm-hmm. the Nuggets now, winning players in winning environments that won't necessarily be your stars, but these are guys that are going to allow you to have a chance to win and compliment guys like a Mitch and an RJ. And, yeah, he may not come in and, and be that guy right away, but long game, like long you game. mentioned, chess moves and actually developing our talent, if we do that with him, Man, I even see some Kawhi in him. Mannerisms and just the size and the movement. Man, I, I think he's that dude. I think he's that dude. And he's he, this is a swing, uh, a, a swing for the fences. But like me and swing, you said, yeah. this is what we need to do. High Let risk, high reward, him. bro. High, yeah. high risk, high reward. Again, I love Vassell. Um, one thing about those Florida State boys, whether it's him, Vassell, uh, Jonathan Isaac, even my guy Tony Douglas, who they had a long time ago, they're yeah, going to play Tony defense. Douglas. You know Leonard Hamilton boys are going to play defense. Um, I think for his size, his, his handles is nice. You know what I mean? So as you yeah. see, the, the playmaking capability is there. You see those flashes as well. And then what I also love about him is he's a guy at the next level that you could potentially put at the – three, the four, maybe even a small ball five, depending on how you match up. And I think that's very important. I think, yes, if, if you have um, some skilled bigs like a Mitch or maybe what a Wiseman is going to do at the next level, obviously what AD does, obviously they're going to take advantage of the mismatches. But if you have to be able to play small, you want to be able to still match up, still be able to stretch the floor, but still be able to protect the rim as well. 
You know what yeah. I mean? So he could come in and maybe give you that that vers- versatility is what I'm saying, is that key Ver- word. So Versatility is the word, man. I, and I'm glad you're on that same page. It looks like from the, the reading the chat, they're with it. Versatility is essential. I think yeah. that's where the, the NBA is moving. I know we talk about three-point shooting, positionless basketball, but it's always going to be position. It's always going to be a need for everything that the game has to offer. But versatility is like everything in one, like being able to do multiple things. And yeah. the way the league is going, you some nights you're going to play against a Houston Rocket that has P.J. Tucker at five. Mm-hmm. Then the next night you can play against a team that has Anthony Davis at power forward and then Dwight Howard at center. So we got to be able to – to, to be able to compete against no, anybody, no matter what they're throwing on the court, we got to be prepared for it. And um, we we kind of have those guys already. Frank, I think, I don't know his future with us, but Frank is a guy that I think you can play one through three. I think if you got a Patrick Williams, he can play three through four. And then, like you say, there's a p- potential of playing a small ball five. Um, RJ is a two, three. Sometimes you can even play him as a primary ball handler mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in a one dynamic type thing. And then whoever we would take at, 27 and, and potentially in the second round um i think those guys that would still be available are more position guy they're more versatile like yeah, somebody yeah. mentioned the tyler bay i think yeah. he's a guy that's a multi-positional guy as well at next level so versatility 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 but most importantly taking that chance patrick williams is that chance that i'm fiending for our team to take man i agree with you i agree with you my guy jonathan macri next film school is hearing that he could be going by eight so it seemed like his stock is really rising and again you you're gonna have to gamble on this development staff you know we got johnny bryant we got kenny Payne in here i know the fans are pessimistic on because the knicks have never developed in the past never developed in the past the that's last what's that that's good news for us if yeah. he is taken because if he's take like i'm hearing like we hear this thing about a lot of guys because I've, I've been like i said i watch nick fans tv and everybody comes on here they have a guy that they say i don't know if he's going to get that low like I think I think Jonathan Wiseman when he was on here, um, shout out to my BR guy. I think he said it was Obi Toppin for him. Yeah, you know, he he, he thinks Obi will be gone. Yeah, he thinks right. Obi's so gone. All of these guys are hearing somebody's going to be gone. That means somebody has to fall. Yeah, somebody, and if we get a situation where Killian Hayes falls to eight, right, it's still a good for us. Right. We're still winning. So I think we just got to look at our our wins and in, in all type of fast uh, facets of the draft. But I think Patrick Williams is a good one. Um, Killian Hayes is a good one. Like you said, I'm cool with Devin Vassell. We still got Kyra Lewis. There's a lot of ways for the Knicks to win draft night. Agreed. Uh, agreed, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let me let me see who how we got in the chat. 1292-1300 in the chat. This is a Knicks fan TV House of Highlights collab. My guy P's in the building. P, we got 1,300 in the building. Hit that thumbs up button for you, boys. Let's get those likes up. Let me shout out um, some of the Team Hashtag News before I get to the phones. Shout out Dre Marie, Team Hashtag News. Shout out Sean, Team Hashtag New. Joseph Rollins in here. Salute to Joseph Rollins. Um, Berserker Barrage, he's not new, but he's got that Wolverine name. I, I salute him all the time. Mark Felix, Team Hashtag News. Salute to Mark. Who else we got in here? My guy, Raw Hebrew Remnant, sends a super chat. Much love, CP. Keep doing your thing, brethren. Thanks, Raw Hebrew. Um, yeah, salute to everybody on Team Hashtag New, man. My chat is going crazy. I can't read all of them. Let me shout out some of the super chats that came in as well. Chat going crazy. I'm freezing up over here. Um, shout, shout, yeah. shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Facts, man. Shout out um, TM. Let me know if I need to slow the chat down because it's going kind of crazy. Shout out BX Quarterwater. Shout out Jermaine Smith. What up, Jermaine? Stephen G in here, team hashtag new. Teddy Buckshot. 
Shout out Teddy Buckshot, Chris Kadeska, salute to Chris. We got Chill Smith from White Plains, New York in the house. Isaac Stewart, salute to you guys. Um, let's go to the phones. We haven't heard from the phones in a minute. Let's go to, um, let me hear from my guy Chris from San Antonio. He had a lot to say about Kyra on the last show. Had some intel on him. Chris, how you feeling? I remember about? Chris from San Antonio. Hey, Chris, how you feeling about uh, Kyra meeting with the Knicks in Miami, man? What do you think about that? Yeah, um, first of all, how you doing, CP? How you doing, Big Sex? Um, I'm excited for, for Kyra. Uh, I think that the Knicks should definitely pick him at eight. You guys were talking about that a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to go back over some of those reasons. Uh, I think that him staying, I said that he stayed in Alabama. I think that's huge uh, just because he wanted to stay close to home. He co- uh, played under Avery Johnson, who uh, we know is former NBA guard and former NBA coach, and he got uh, Colin Sexton to the NBA. I think that's partially the reason that Colin, I mean, that Kira decided to go to Alabama, but I also think just because he classed up and was 17 years old, that's part of the reason that he wants to stay close to home as well because he's from Alabama. Mm. But then again, he could have went to colleges like uh, Kansas and Auburn. Uh, those colleges are bigger, known for basketball, whereas Alabama is more known for football. So I think that uh, – kind of speaks to where Kara's mentality is. I think he's the kind of person that more so would like rather focus on basketball. Um, after his coach, Avery Johnson, got fired, though, Coach Nate Oates, the coach I was saying, uh, who coached at Buffalo, just came in and convinced Kara to play when Kara was going to transfer. Uh, we see a lot of players transfer when their coach gets fired, a coach that they decided to commit under. But I think it's really impressive that a coach like Nate Oates uh, was able to get Kara to stay uh, just a little bit on Coach Nate Oates. He took the Buffalo squad to back-to-back uh, NCAA tournaments, and he was on the assistant, uh, the coaching staff as the assistant coach when they went to their first NCAA tournament in a long time uh, under Bobby Hurley. So he's seen a lot of winning. He's helped a lot of winning. And when he got to Alabama, he installed a point guard-centric, uh, kind of real fast-paced, close to how the NBA plays uh, kind of style. I think that Kira liked. And uh, when he was coaching in the NCAA tournaments, he was able to take out teams like uh, DeAndre Ayton's number one uh, Arizona team. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of things that Coach Nate Oates is able to do. Um, I think that Kara was able to thrive under that. He was definitely able to put in a lot of work. We saw all his stats go up. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that Coach Nate Oates was able to provide to him, though, is the ability to expand his game. He talked about that a little bit in that interview. Uh, that I read, he was saying how he was able to uh, get him to score all over the court, and he started to open up a lot more of his game in terms of shooting. Uh, the teams are realizing how much he could shoot towards the end of the season. I took a few of his stats just from 2020, uh, canceled the first few months of the season, and mm. noticed that his stats went up in his assists and his scoring. I think he could score all over the court. He could shoot. He can shoot off the catch. He could spot up. Uh, it's just not anything that he can't do and his speed only adds to everything that he can do how fast he is just makes uh kind of how dominant he is uh in the half court and transition uh kind of double uh also i wanted to add that he played all his freshman year as a starter whereas tyrese halliburton and some other players who are sophomores didn't play their entire uh, freshman seasons as starters i think that's some experience that we can't you know replicate he also played his entire, uh, obviously, sophomore season as a starter, where he did really good. And um, I think those 
that kind of experience is really going to stand out when he gets to the NBA level. Hmm. I also wanted to add one more thing. Hmm. Uh, the offense that he played in, that Coach Nato's offense was third highest scoring offense in the NCAA. So they really hmm. cranked up the speed. They really got him loose. And it was a lot focused on his speed and playing to his game. So I think that that's something that he can use to translate at the NBA level as well because he was averaging 37 minutes in that offense. The hmm. college game was only 40 minutes. And I had him top 15 ranked in the nation. So I think he can definitely come into an NBA team and be ready to step up and, and kind of just go right into into the season. And even if he can't, he'll definitely be able to, you know, work off that bench and, and slowly improve. Uh, he, he, he killed Anthony Edwards, gave him 37. Mm. He had good games against Auburn. He gave them their first loss, a triple-double and the overtime loss. So I, I don't see any faults in Carol Lewis. I think he's probably the best the best guard after Killian and LaMelo. And I I think we should take him 100%, man. Okay. Pre- appreciate that, Chris. Chris, another another solid call, man. That, that was a solid call, man. Rate rate that call in the chat, man. One to, one to ten, rate that call in the chat. Chris, Chris, Chris always calling in with good insight. What would you say, Pete? Chris, get a ten from me, man. Yeah. Another yeah. great call. Solid. He was the call that I was thinking about earlier when I when I heard about uh, Nate Oates and all of that, him going from Buffalo to Alabama. So shout out, shout out to Chris, man. Shout out to Chris. Yeah. Ten from me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I just want to um, go through some more calls because we got a ton of calls in here. The chat is popping. The switchboard is popping. We got to hear from some people tonight, man. Let's go to uh, let's go to West Coast, man. Josh from San Diego. What's going on, bro? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? Good, man. What's going on? What's going on, bro? No much. I just want to say that I'm I'm not as high on Carol on Carol Lewis as a lot of people are. Okay. Um, I feel, I, feel, I feel like he still needs some coaching. Um. Especially on the defensive end, I think he's limited defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, he's a spark. He can do that spark off the bench. But I'm, I'm, I'd rather the Knicks go out and grab someone that can help the team right away. Um, I don't think we need to necessarily go for point guard right away. If I if they wanted a point guard, that's what they were, they were you know dead set on at eight. I would go Halliburton over, you know, mm. not over Hayes. I don't think Hayes is going to be there, but Halliburton over the rest of the field, whether it be Kerr, whether it be Cole Anthony, or anybody else, because I believe that Halliburton. Doesn't need as much coaching. He's a smart player. He's heady. He's big, a bigger guard, and he can play right away on day one. Another thing that I want to say, um, especially about what you guys were talking about earlier, is as far as these trades are concerned and bringing back a pick, I think that I'm all for that, whether it be Westbrook, whether it be CP3, whether it be Conley, whether it be whomever, as long as we get a pick back. And I just want to say that the notion that you bring in someone outside of uh, the team, whether it be trade or free agency, just because you bring back a veteran that's worth $20 million or $30 million or whatever it is, doesn't mean you give up on player development. Bringing a veteran no. in enhances player development because it helps the team win now. Enough of the days where we talk about the Knicks need to lose, 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 and take all these L's, forget about all of that. The best way to build player development and build your culture is by winning games. And I want to see the Knicks build a roster that helps them win games now because it helps them for the future. Thanks a lot, guys. Right. Appreciate that, but I mean, I don't, I don't see how bringing Brody in is going to help that, bro. Yes, I saw you shaking your head. I was shaking my head too. That's where me and Josh part ways. I, <laughs> I wouldn't bring Westbrook in here. I don't. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm against it, man. I'm against. No, it. I would I'm listen, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really in, in on Westbrook. Like we, that. we see eye to eye on that. I, I don't. I, yeah, Westbrook coming in here. I, I wish he didn't get off the phone because I had a question for Josh. Like, and maybe you can answer, this, CP. Let me see if you what, still on. What's, What's the infatuation with now? Realistically, we're not going to do anything dramatically next season that's going to be much different than this season, which is okay because we're building like we're speaking. So why would we 
break our necks on trying to find the perfect prospect that I remind you doesn't exist. Nobody right. at eight is going to not need coaching or not need development. Right. So the They're theory development. Yeah, I mean, the, like, there's a couple guys that I feel like can come in and help you right away. I think Obi can contribute right away. He can. I, I, I see um, Halliburton. You know, he's high on Halliburton. I like certain aspects of Halliburton. Obviously, he's three-point shooting you love. Um, his defensive awareness, yes, the high IQ. I think um, him out in transition will be great, especially him and RJ will be great. Is he a point guard? Is he a two? That I have to see. I can't tell you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert. I can't tell you that. I'm For the people who I bring in, unanimously question that. So I'm going to go with that because every single person I brought in at least seven, eight scouts that I watched Tyrese Halliburton at all say the same thing. And when I look at what Tibbs wants, what Tibbs wants is an engine that can get in the paint, collapse the defense, get corner threes. That's what he wants. Now, it's, you know, if you look at the guys that Tibbs has had, does Halliburton fit that mold? To me, not really. Doesn't mean they won't take him, but I'm just wondering if, what his true fit is uh, at the next level. I like Halliburton, but I think uh, he's one of those guys that's going to be as good as his teammates. Right. You know that's what, what I, mean? I think. Um, that's what I and think. I, I don't believe in bringing in a guy here that won't reach his fullest potential. I think when you look around the league, you look at guys like Trey Young, right? Trey Young is able to beat Trey Young because we, they put him in a position to reach his fullest potential. I don't think that there is a reason to bring in a guy that we're not going to allow to reach their fullest potential. And like, like I just said, I think Tyrese Halliburton is as good as his team. So I, I, I would actually see a better fit for him at like six with the Hawks. I love him with the Hawks. I love him with Trey Young. Yeah. I love him with the Warriors. They say the Warriors like him. Yeah. I, I like him on that team. Um, again, he's I don't think he's a bad player. I'm just wondering what his what how he would fit here. I'm just wondering that. You know what I'm saying? And you made the, the good point. Thibs is gonna want somebody that, that's gonna get both feet in the paint, collapse defenses and things like that. And the film says that Halliburton isn't that guy. You know what I mean? The the catch and shooting 98, 99 percentile on catch and shooting, all of that. That's what that's what you know. Right. elevates him in my eyes yeah but like you said Toppin is one of those guys that can contribute from day one but I realistically don't think he'll be there at eight because yeah. of how much he will be able to contribute I don't see him one past five mm. I don't think the Cavs I think the Cavs are a wild card there I think the Cavs think, yeah. are a wild card for Obi. so yeah five I can see the Cavs going to get him yeah um but yeah I don't really see him being there at eight I just think anybody that we bring in is going to need coaching development and some patience from yeah the coaching staff and us. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's a guy there that's just going to come in and they want to contribute unless we move up and get LaMelo. <laughs> right. Right. I, I think what Josh is saying is, um, and what, what you're hearing that the Knicks are going to do and f- you have to figure with Tibbs as their coach is that they want to be put into a position where they're going to actually compete and put a team out there. They're going to take RJ's fit into consideration, put the complimentary pieces out there. I don't think they're going to go out and get, you know, like they did with Mook last year, even though it was a good flip, you know, his high usage kind of stymied some guys. You you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And Randall on top of that, with Alfred Payton on top of that. You know, I thought it hurt RJ's development. It hurt the rookie development. So much. So So I think they're not going to tank. I don't think they have a tanking philosophy. I think, again, with if we're going to go division-heavy schedule, I think it's going to be by osmosis where they're going to be losing a ton of games because the division is just stacked. But I think they're going to put their best foot forward in terms of developing a team and playing veterans, 
the low usage veterans that's going to overall help the young guys and try to win games. Key, key, low usage. I like that, CP. Yeah. Low usage veterans. We need to put that on a shirt for this offseason. We need yeah. low usage veterans. Facts. And I want yeah. Nick fans to open up to the idea of having options, as you've mentioned throughout this process, CP. Options, options, options. Like, we can't get in love with, like, one route because it's it's a lot of options on the table. And if we fall in love with one route, we're going to probably be disappointed because the, dra- the draft can change the snap of a finger. Like, this draft can change so much before we even get to eight. Like, if depending on who or where um, the Timberwolves or the Warriors trade. Everything changes. Draft, yeah, everything, everything changes. changes. So yeah. we can't fall in love with a prospect. We can't fall in love with a route to go in this process. Um, and we can't get our hopes up too high. We got we to gotta be in love with a lot of different ways that the draft can go because that's just the reality of it. Agree with you. Agree with you 100%, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We're still hovering around 1,300 in the chat. CP from Knicks Fan checking in. My guy, P. Weed, a plug. House of Highlights through the Wire podcast. Long time coming. We are in here heavy. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. No doubt about it. Um, let me salute some super chats. Uh, my guy, Mark Michael Parker, number one fan of the show, says salute to everyone. Remember to vote. Go out there and vote. We are a week away. Uh, less than a week away from election day. Go out there and vote. John Mitchell says, love your work, bro. Keep up the good work. I hope you guys saw that Derek Harper interview. If you have not, my OG fans, even the young ones that that not too high on the history. Check it out. Derek Harper dropped a ton of stories, a ton of gems. And uh, you know what? Yeah, some parts painful, but a lot of it just brought back memories, man, and gave you goosebumps. Shout out to Justin Hernandez. He says... Um, NY rumors is build the right way. Build, build, build. Payback Carter, super chat. Salute my guy, Payback Carter. He's an OG fan. Uh, he says, we could take on James Johnson's salary from Minnesota 17th. I would love it. I love James Johnson, bro. I, I, I would love take him. it. I, yeah. I would take that. Money Mark says, salute KFTV. Knicks need to stick to the script. Draft, development, expiring contracts. That's it. He's going to sell at eight. Salute to um Kylo Hendricks. He says he says I'm lit. Happy hour, number one show. <laughs> Fridays is happy hour, man. But it, but it's always a good time here for sure. You know, raw Hebrew remnant appreciated. Die Hard Knicks podcast says we have pros in the front office and on bench on the bench. Gotta let them work. Okay, no doubt. Appreciate it. Bi Wells, my guy Brett. He says build through the draft. Get a point guard. Facts. What up, Pee Wee? The plug. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Shout out to everybody. And shout out Joseph Rollins sends a super chat. Shout out Robert Paris, OG fan. He says his order is Kira, Vassell, Williams, Hayes, all good picks. Not mad at it at all. All, all good picks. Um, it, Wherever you guys are checking in from, everybody in the chat, throw your cities in the chat. Let us know where you're checking in from, and we'll be sure to um shout you guys out. Let me get to some more calls in here. Let me hear from... um. Let me hear from Ari, man, because Ari, Ari's been itching, P. I don't know if you heard the Battle of the Fans this yes. past season. Battle yes. of the Fans was epic. <laughs> Ari shot me a DM this week. He said, yo, I, I, I want to smoke any with anybody. He's taking on all challenges. I think him and Josh are on a collision course eventually yeah. because they have very differing views. Which one wasn't picking up the phone that one episode, though? That was, um, I think that was the last one. I think that was the last one. We had some trouble connecting both of them. Okay. But we're going to okay. set it up. We're going to hype it up a little bit. I think Ari and Josh is going to be the next uh, battle. Ari and Serge went to a three-part trilogy. <laughs> Ari, what's going on, man? 
Hey, what's up, CP? How you doing? Um, I don't think I don't think Josh is qualified to take a fight with me after saying we should trade for Russell Westbrook. So, um, when you have a contender ready to talk, then you could set it up. But um, that's just ridiculous. So I'm not even going to pay any mind to that. Um, what I wanted to talk about though was the using the cap to take on bad salaries. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. down for that. I just want to make sure that they're not long contracts. Oh like, yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. like a yeah. year or maybe one year. That's yeah. it, right? All right. Yeah. Then I'm then I'm down for it because no matter who we sign, we're going to be trash next year regardless, right. right? So we might as well at least get some assets out of it while we can. Um, I agree with you, CP. We need a point guard, man. Like, come on, like I, whether it comes in the draft or we get Mike Conley, which I'm actually very for that trade. Um, but we, there, there needs to be a point guard on this team because what people also don't understand is that like a point guard will help everybody shoot better because they'll put, they'll give, they'll give the ball, they'll deliver the ball in, in rhythm. They'll be in, people will be in the right spot. Like if you put a good point guard on the team, everyone's shooting percentage goes up by default. Right. So, and, and we just need a point guard, man. It's in New York city. We need a point guard. It's been 20 years. It's ridiculous. So whether it comes through the draft, or it comes to free agency, we need our competent point guard, for sure. And I agree we should weaponize the cap because we're going to be trash anyway, so we might as well get some assets. But as long as it's only a one-year thing, I'm down for that also. And then, you know, with this, with this draft, you know, listen, I mean, everyone's a scout. That guy who called in, he sounded really good. He knows a lot of stuff. But, like, Kobe was, like, the 11th pick. Like the 11 pick. Tony Parker was, like, the 30th pick. Like, you never know who, you know, you never know who's going to be a good guy, right? So, never know. you know, I would just go with the guy with the highest basketball IQ, the one that's most the most coachable um, if, it, if it's a toss-up, um, unless you were going to go point guard, which I'm down for also. But I think we have to focus more on the mental aspect of the game as opposed to just, you know, the talent, right? Yeah. Or like the wingspan. Yeah. So, um, you know, and we don't know these guys personally, right? Yeah. Also, you know, just another thing, like, you could say, um, you know, get all these draft picks, and I mean, we should. We should get the draft picks. Mm-hmm. But, like, what are draft picks do for us when we miss on every single lottery pick we've ever made besides Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and then we gave them away for free? Yeah. So, like, you know. I agree. You know, I just, like, we can't just – you can't just play the lottery game, right? You know, you also mm-hmm. you also have to make sure you become an attractive destination for Absolutely. free agents as well. Absolutely right. So, I think there's a balance that needs to be made by obtaining assets but putting not a listen, we're never gonna have a, we're not gonna have a good team. But you have to put a respectable product yeah. on the court, a borderline playoff team. You just have to not be a laughing stock and develop some type of culture while getting more assets to make yourself attractive for free agents in the future. So that's what I said. Well, and then just one last thing. Yeah. All right. One last thing. All right. Josh from San Diego. I just want you to know, and all the haters. I want y'all to know one thing. <laughs> CP wants his respect. Jay Ellis wants his respect. Knicks fan TV wants his respect. The nation wants respect, and I want my damn respect. All right, hold on. I'm, I'm patching in Josh right now. He want he wants to smoke, man. Jo- Josh, you're live, man. What do you want to say to Ari, bro? Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Oh, we, we gonna we gonna keep this clean. Let me let me just get let me just get this over with real quick. Ari, you like losing, don't you? You you like you like you like being a loser, being a loser franchise. You like you like being unrespectable. Or do you or do you want to win games? Which one? Which one do you want? Which one do you want? Tell me that, man. 
What happened to Ari? Did we lose Ari? Oh, Ari. Hello? Oh, Ari dropped, Josh, man. See, uh, see, this is what this is what keep happening, Pete. Oh, of course he did. I know he did. Oh, see, this this is what keep happening. This is this is not uh, me. We Ari dropped. Good, we miss him. We don't, we'll catch him. We'll catch him. We'll catch him. Um, I thought Ari had some good points. I thought points. on his top on his points on you know what are the draft picks worth if we if we if if our, if our kids aren't any good that that's what the development staff is about, right? Um, we have to make sure that these guys are valuable either to our team going forward or to another team in a trade. You know what I'm saying, Pete? I I understand his his argument there, but this is my this is what I would have asked him to to respond to that. What are we supposed to do at that point? Because I mean, we're bringing in new people to to make these picks work, but if the picks don't work. We shouldn't abort mission of stop trying to go to pick route because where else option is out there? Yeah, you know what I mean. So we have to we have to work with what we have. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem with us Nick fans is we don't want to stay in reality. We want to look for shortcuts and, and and things that aren't out there. We have a new regime. You know what I mean. We have some great names in here. You know Walt Perrin, Johnny Bryan, um, Thibs. You know we 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 got Kenny Payne. So we're building something that hopefully can make these picks. You know, it's uh, you know something worth a value, but we have to we have to stay patient and we have to believe in this process because this is the way to get better. I don't care how many picks we've messed up on on the past; it's a new day. We have to let the past go because, like like we said, he even said it. He kind of contradicted himself. Nobody's walking through that door if we don't put out a team yeah. that can compete in some type of way. We're not going to be able to compete without draft picks. So I understand you look at the misses, but at some point we have to turn our back to the misses and just stay on par with the plan. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of franchises that have hit a lot of draft picks. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. some that have been as bad as us, but they hit one. Right. And that's all that it, it's all so it, it took. Takes. We hit our one, but you know, we so know how takes. that happened. So it takes you know? hey, you know, as much as we, you know, sing the praises of Pat Riley on Miami, they swung and missed on Justice Winslow. Yeah. You know, they swung and missed on him. I think a lot of people did. You know, Winslow came in highly tatted. He had a, they had a good um, NCAA run. His, his stock went up into going into that draft, and and he was picked um, high. He was p- picked in the top ten, but yeah. it ha- hasn't worked out just yet. I'm not gonna you know cancel him all the way, but it just hasn't worked out for him. Hero they, they brushed their shoulders off. They went and got Bam. Then they went and got right. Tyler Hero. They found none, you know, as a diamond in the, in the rough, which mm-hmm. I think we've done with Mitch. I, I I just feel like the Knicks don't get a lot of credit for the Mitch thing. A lot That's of people true. try to try to throw dirt on us because of you know some some other past picks. So I still think they have potential. I think there's potential with Knox and yeah. Frank Nielakina, even though they haven't shown us what we want. They're extremely young, but we got to start getting some props and some praises for Mitch. Mitch is one of those diamond in the rough things that that can you know cover the patches on some of our misses. Yeah. But I yeah. think this is we're in the right direction. We got to trust the new regime because we do have some guys in there that know what they're doing, in my opinion. Um, and until they show me otherwise, I'm going to have faith in them to get the job done. I hear you. I hear you. Good points, bro. Shout out to this guy. He says, uh, team hashtag new. So to everybody in the chat, we still at 1300. We're heavy in here. Heavy in the chat. Yes, Hit that thumbs up button done. for you boys. P's in here speaking facts. CP from Next Fan TV in here. You already know. Subscribe to the channels. You know what time it is. Um... Yeah, Ari and Josh on a collision course, man. They, Another they keep... thing I want to say to Ari, yeah. my bad. No, go ahead, go ahead, bro. I'm just hyped. We, um, two, we have to. We also have to take into consideration that we're not going to get a draft pick probably for one year. 
Like, we're not going to trade for a guy that has one year remaining on his contract because then the, the team that's trading him would be like, I might as well just eat him up. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to have to look at multiple years. Two years to me is reasonable, but I think we can't get obsessed with trying to get a guy on, on his last year of his deal back. So we got to start looking at maybe taking a guy that has two years on his deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two years, okay. One year preferred, but anything over yeah. that, like Horford, I'm good. John yeah, Wall, I'm, I'm good. good. Westbrook, I'm good. I don't, I don't want any parts of any of those guys, really. And and um, yeah, that that's just basically it, man. Um, Dave in the chat, make sure you're cir- circulating the giveaway. We're gonna give away the snapback in a couple minutes, so make sure that you guys are um signing up for the contest. And let's get back to some more calls. Let's go to Florida. My guy Jay is on the check in. Jay, how you feeling tonight, man? What's going on, bro? What's good? P, what's good, man? I want to apologize to the homies on, on Twitter, in the chat. I was wrong with the Halliburton thing. I'm taking it back. No Halliburton. Can't shoot off the dribble. He changed his mind. Barry set shot. I'm good. We good on like Halliburton. It. You heard? But, yo, I want to say that the trade thing is a good idea, man. Mm-hmm. I was looking at Denver, man. You Denver got Gary Harris. Denver got Will Barton. They got the Craig dude. Let's go. Let's try to get one of them dudes for a late round pick. They can't pay everybody. They can't play everybody in in the bubble. Uh, Gary Harris barely played. Barton barely played. Let's go get a nice wing of guard from from a team that that got too many players, right? You look at Milwaukee. Milwaukee gonna need to get off Bledsoe. They want to make Greek Freak happy. Let's go get some picks from Milwaukee for Bledsoe. Take that salary on. I think he only got a year or two left. Uh, I was thinking, yeah, y'all might kill me in the chat, but you know they might look at Drummond. Drummond no, too young. No, he from Mount no. Vernon. Drummond might be a play that they they might look at to bring in to see what he could do on I the mix. You know what I'm saying? And then lastly, with the draft, I think here was the pick, man. The boys went down there to Miami. They had dinner. They watched them play. I think here is like top three on three on the list. Um, I think it's gonna be drafts. I think they're gonna do uh, a point guard and draft or bust. Killian Hayes, Kira, or or maybe even Cole, or maybe even trade up for Lamelo. But I think they definitely picking a point guard. I'm good off Vassal. That that slingshot jump shot. I'm not feeling it. I don't care if he if he fixed it. If he if he was playing, I'm good on Vassal. All right, holler at me. P holler at me. CP holler at me. Run it up. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe. Let's do it. Let's do it. Jay from Florida. Yeah, Jay, I don't know if Jay was on happy hour or what, but he he came back. He doubled back on the Halliburton stuff, and, but now he's back to his old self. No Halliburton for Jay from Florida. He's he's done. He's done with Halliburton, man. He's done with Halliburton, Pete. I like it, but he, he threw me off with the drumming, see? Yeah, he lost Come me with drumming, bro. He lost me with Drummond. I'm I'm not with Andre Drummond. No, thank you. You might as well stay on the Halliburton train. I, I yeah. prefer that with the drumming. The drumming makes no sense. What no. you doing with Mitch? No, no, no. I'm good on drumming, man. I'm good on drumming. Yeah. Chat, please let him have it for the drumming yeah, thing. Yeah, chat, chat, him. you got to let him have it for that drumming thing. Uh, we can't let him back in the chat on that. Uh, I like, I like what he was talking about with with the Nuggets, though. A lot of, a lot of players. Yeah. Um, but you know, the Nuggets, they haven't been willing to really get it, get away any of those dudes. Like mm-hmm. they're holding all of those pieces close to their chest because I think they're one of the teams that could go get like one of those Bradley Beal guys because they have all of the young talent they got they assets. Have, uh, assets so if they're not willing to give them up for like the Bradley Beals of the world I don't think they'll just be willing to give it to us yeah um Drummond I'm a no on I see what he was saying with Bledsoe but I'm not really a fan of Bledsoe yeah at like a point guard no no and 
And I think we're going to get a point guard regardless. If we get yeah. him at eight, I'm with you, CP. I've heard you say it on numerous shows. It, whatever you do at eight, you do the opposite at 27 mm-hmm. or wherever else we pick. So if we go guard first, we'll just get whatever else, the wing, whatever you want at 27. If we get the wing, Patrick Williams or something at eight, then we'll just get the guard at 27. You know what I mean? Like, Options. So I think we'll, we'll walk out um you know taking shots across the board options uh will barton used to kill the knicks man every time when he was healthy will barton would always kill the knicks man especially (laughs) in denver you watch them west coast games of the knicks man will barton would trash the knicks every time um gary harris would be interesting it'd be a buy low situation he's kind of tailed off a little bit he shot damn near 42 percent from three a couple years ago he did yeah um good good defender say that again it's all about health with him for me. Yeah. He got to yeah. be able to stay on the floor. Yeah. Gary Harris would be intriguing, but, but you know, definitely would be a buy-low situation. So let, let's see what happens. Let's take a couple more calls before we do the giveaway. Let's go to, um, what's my guy from Oakland at? Let's go to Bay Area. Uh-oh. Ross, what's going hey. on, man? How you feeling, bro? Hey, what's good? What's good? What's good? How you hey, feeling, man? Salute so, to the um, Bay Area, bro. I've been looking... I've been looking at Aaron Neesmith um, as the perfect fit for the Knicks, uh, really because he's ready-made, come in, partner with R.J. Barrett, form a little Houston Sprewell type combination. Okay, okay. Um, and <laughs> Coach Stibbs doesn't have to worry about trying to develop him because he's already Duncan Robinson. And I think if they could have a nice young core like that and bring some veterans like CP in there and get to that eighth seed, they could become that respectable big market franchise that really attracts uh, stars trying to uh, trying to get out of those small market areas, especially with them Kentucky boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. What y'all think? Yeah, I mean, what, what's there not to like about Neesmith, bro? Um, will they pick him at eight? I don't. Doesn't Hell. seem so. Not at that slot. But if if he's on their radar and they could snatch him later, of course, sharpshooter. I think we'd have to make a move. That yeah. would be somebody we would have to look at if we did like a trade with the Celtics or yeah. like the Timberwolves at seventeen. Yeah, but eight twenty-seven. It's just he won't. We, he's not going. We're not taking him at eight. That's and he'll probably be fact. going by twenty-seven. Anyway. And he'll be going by twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. like I like him, you know, like CP said, but I don't love him for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when you talk about shooting, the thing that's so good about Duncan Robinson is that they didn't draft him. Like guys like Duncan Robinson are just out there. And if we do our jobs within our scouting department, we can get those guys undrafted. You know what I mean? Good like point. Sam Morrell out of Utah State. I don't Good think he, he might not get drafted. You know, it might might yeah. be second round. Like those guys are out there. Shooting is out there. You just have to find it. Yeah. And like one of our early callers said, or maybe it was somebody in the chat I just saw, if you want shooting, it's going to be about that point guard. The more pressure we can put on a defense and making the defense collapse, you know, with a speedy guard like Kyra, the better looks that our shooters will get. Yeah. And, you know, percentages can, can increase. Yeah. So, yeah, Dunk, Duncan Robinson didn't even think he was going to the league. He was, he was about right. to look for a corporate America job. So, <laughs> good, good point on that. You know, what the scouts say about Neesmith, one trick pony, um, can shoot it, but really can't do much else. So, as you said, definitely way too high for eight, probably gone by 27. But uh, we'll see. As, as you said, you could certainly get that shooting. Um, elsewhere, if you, your scouting and your development squad is nice, he shot it so well too that it may be a bad thing for him. Mm. And I, I, what I mean by that is like he's going to walk into NBA arenas or wherever they play, and the scouting report as a rookie is going to say, "Don't let him shoot." 
Like he shot 52% from three. So he's going to walk into the NBA and the scouting report is going to be. Yeah, they're going to test him. They're going to make him put it you know? on the floor. So, yeah. So like from the get go, like Duncan Robinson was able to sneak on people. Like there's certain shooters that you may didn't know about and they get to creep up on you over time. Mm-hmm. But like right when Smith walks through the door as an NBA player, attention of, of who he is as a three point shooter is going to be well known. Good so point. I don't, I don't like that. Good point. You're going to see how, uh, how these guys adjust. That definitely a good point on that. All right, let's go to one more call. Then we're going to do the giveaway. Where we want to go here. Let's go to... It's a lot of people waiting on it for a while. My fault. Let's go to uh, Joe from Yonkers. Joe, how you feeling, man? Yo, what's happening, TP? How you doing? Good, bro. Good to, good to hear from you, man. Um, what's what's your point tonight? Talk, I just... Yeah, you um, I just... I want to talk about... You guys talk about Kira Lewis. I'm not that high on him. I just see him as a runner. Um, like the guy, like what elite skill does he have? He's fast, but that's really about it. Um, I see uh, Tyrell Terry ahead of him on my board. Mm. Um, at least he like he has elite basketball IQ. He can his elite shot. And I also want to talk about um the fact that trading um for bad contracts. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could get two more first-round picks back contracts, it'd be great. Uh, I can see the Knicks, if they get one more first-rounder, actually package enough to go up and get Melo. Um, I think Leon Edwards or Leon Rose really wants to uh, swing for the fences and make a good impression as his first move with the Knicks. And I think that's exactly what they need to do. They need a ball-dominant point guard that can pass and facilitate, and Lamelo's the only one there. And I don't really see I'm waiting for next year because you never know what next year drafts going to bring. They talk about Kay Cunningham and they talk about um, Jaden Green, mm-hmm. but they haven't. They played high school. They haven't played college ball yet. They could. They could turn out and drop next year. We don't know. So I think you kind of got to start making moves now. And I think Lamelo's the answer. I think just the kid has that personality for New York. I think he'd be able to handle it, and I think he'll make RJ a lot better. And then you just got to put shooters around them. And you put mm-hmm. maybe two shooters around them, you have a team. You can facilitate for them shooters. Okay. Appreciate the call, Joe. Um, P, P how, where, where are you at on the LaMelo talk? Uh, CP, I love LaMelo. Um, but as a Nick fan, what I try to do for my, for my own self-being and my mental health is I try to be as realistic as possible. And I'm kind of the opposite um, of my guy from Yonkers. I... I think Leon is going to try to play it as safe. Not, I don't want to use the word safe, but I mean, trading up is a big outlandish move to make so early. You know what I mean? That I don't, I don't know if the Knicks are going to have, you know, that, that much balls to make a ballsy move like that on the first move. It'll be the yeah. first statement that they make. If they did, I'll be all for it. But I also think that he doesn't make RJ bear, RJ bear better. I think if, if we get LaMelo, we would have to start looking at potentially R.J. Barrett not being a fit. I think we would have to look at Melo and Mitch being our building block. I just don't see R.J. and LaMelo complementing each other. I just don't see it, if I'm being honest. Um, are you going to turn R.J. into a spot-up shooter? Because, right. like right. he mentioned, LaMelo is ball-dominant. Right. So, you know, we're looking to put shooting around R.J. so he can have the ball in his hands a little bit more and drive downhill and be that strong, aggressive guard that we drafted him to be. So if we're getting a ball dominant guy like LaMelo, I think he compliments 
um, Mitch better Mitch. on a pick and roll a lob, you know. So it's 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 tough. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to getting Lamelo though. I love Lamelo. To me, he's number one on my big board. I think he's the most talented overall guy out here with the extreme upside. But I do agree with his points. If if there was going to be a guy to get to handle New York, it yeah. would be Lamelo. He's been famous since he was like what thirteen. So I like it, but. Realistically, are we doing it? I doubt it. It's a risk. Um, I like Lamelo's game. Yes, there are a lot of question marks. His defense, his overall awareness, shot selection, his jumper. Period. There are a lot mm-hmm. of question marks. Um, the fit with RJ would be tight. It's not ideal. RJ needs a guy that can play off ball that he can play off ball with, and you know, vice versa. And I agree with you that Lamelo and Mitch will be a much better fit. So that would be kind of tight. I don't see them swinging for him. Anything is possible. Yeah, um, I don't, and I don't like his down talk on Kyra. Why are you talking down on Kyra? Kyra yeah. is more than speed. You gotta watch the tape, bro. I, I I think Lewis can offer a lot. Is he again? Yes, there's probably more development to his game. But as you said, there's development to a lot of these guys' games. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? But I still see the potential in Lewis um, to be at go out there and be a productive point guard. Is he gonna be a star? I, I couldn't tell you that. But I can certainly tell you that he can help this team based on his profile and the skill sets that he possesses. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we can be star hunting at eight. Like, realistically, stars at eight is hard to come by. So yep. we need to be looking to to build a team for when the star does come or they have a chance to come, they'll yeah. want to come because they'll have complimentary pieces. So brick by brick, man. Brick by brick. Uh, absolutely, man. All right, let's, let's, let's do this hat giveaway, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. In two minutes, we're going to be giving away this Knicks all-blue snapback. Camo joint, brand new with the tags. No Fugazi, man. No Fulton Street knockoff. This is the real deal, people. Just showing appreciation to the fans. We're in here 1,300 deep. We're in here heavy. Talking Knicks. There's no basketball being played, but the people are in here. The people are with number one show for the fans, by the fans. CP from Knicks Fan TV. My guy, P, do the wires own in the building. Thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, P, while I set this up, man, tell the people, you know, the people who may not know about Through the Wire, just talk about, you know, how you guys got started and ultimately how you landed with House of Highlights and Bleacher Report, bro. Yeah, um, you know, we just four homies. You know, uh, one of the co-hosts that I do it with is is my cousin, first cousin, blood cousin, Kenny. Doing oh, you and Kenny are cousins? I didn't know that. Yeah, his okay. mom and my dad are brother and sister. So oh, that's dope. that's dope. That's yeah. dope. Um, He's doing his thing on YouTube. Killing it. And, you know, uh, that kind of formulated our, our conversation to starting a podcast. You know, I see my little cousin on YouTube talking basketball. And I'm like, boy, I taught you the game. You know what I mean? We had debates, like, you know, over text. And then that turned into conversation to starting a podcast. We, uh, we, we we had our, our other homies join with us. And we grinded from day one. We grinded. Uh, didn't worry about money. Didn't worry about anything. And, you know, we took that momentum into building a fan base uh, over the course of a couple of years. And we shot our shot with, with Bleacher Report and House of Highlights, and they they were, uh, uh, you know, able to see the vision, and they believed in us, and we 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 we've been rocking ever since, you know, um, you know, just just basically doing what you're doing now, you know, being being in tune with with your supporters, growing that brick by brick as we're talking about the Knicks, how they should do it, and um, you know, House of Highlights believed in us, Bleacher Report, and it, it, it's it's been a good marriage so far. Um, but yeah, you can find us twice a week on the House of Highlights YouTube or on any streaming platform um, through the Wire podcast, Tuesdays and Saturdays. And um, that's all year round. We don't take any break for the off season. We don't take any break for any reason. 
uh, and we talk basketball uh 24 7 not not like here right here is, is a safe haven for nicks we ain't just nicks onto the wire so i get yeah. to let my hair down a little bit so to speak and just be a nick fan truly um so i'm enjoying being here and i appreciate it again cp much love bro absolutely man and, and as my guy nip would say god bless him he said dedication hard work plus patience right Yes, sir. And, and that's Marathon. what you guys did, man. So very, very good. I went when I came through the shy, and I went to uh, the Bleacher Report headquarters with, with the the joint. You guys had your own setup, your own set, and that yeah. that was dope, man. Re- really good, man. I'm happy for you guys for sure. Nah, I appreciate that. Appreciate that, bro. Absolutely, man. All right. So what we gonna do? We gonna do the giveaway right now, and uh, close it out with a couple more calls. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let me get my giveaway music on right now. It's been a good show. Yeah, let's, let's make sure we finish strong with them calls, too. Yeah. Whoever these calls about to be, come with it, man. I'm Absolutely. Enjoying, Absolutely. Come with the heat. All right, here we go. We had um, 60 entries for the snapback. Let's see. Let's see if we have any last-minute stragglers. Sometimes we do. Let's see what's going on here. Oh, we got one more. Uh-oh. Abdul Diallo, man. You're almost late, but I'm going to get you in here. All right, here we go. I'm about to just hit that go. And let's see who's going home with the snapback. The winner is... Roger Michaud. Roger Michaud is going home with the Knicks camo snapback. Courtesy yeah, of Knicks awesome. Man TV. Salute to Roger Michaud. Congratulations, Roger. You are the winner. Salute to everybody that participated. If you didn't win, um, we also have a mailing list that we distribute. We need you guys. We need your contact. The Knicks Fan TV website is being finalized, and we need your contact to make sure that uh, we just keep in contact with you guys and, and maintain our audience outside of YouTube. You know, never know which way this thing is going to go. So we want to make sure that we have that relationship and that communication with the audience. So make sure you guys fill out the mailing list as well if you didn't win. And there'll be more giveaways going on. There's always giveaways going on. So got to tune in and uh, be in it to win it. But salute to Roger Michaud for winning the snapback. Shout out to Roger. Yep. All right. couple more calls. Who I want to hear from? I want to hear from... We're going to go to Shelton. Shelton from New York. What up, man? How y'all doing, man? How y'all doing? Hey, uh, good, I started watching y'all on Twitter, and uh, you're on one of my Knicks list, so uh, I just had to come to the... I'm a first-time listener, so I just had to participate, so thank you for having me. Yeah, no doubt, bro. What's your draft point? Okay, so um, I, I just want to disagree with Peary for a little bit. I just think that he said that we should accumulate picks and we shouldn't go the trade route because we're not going to be uh, competitive immediately. Mm-hmm. I disagree, man. I, I think especially with the shortened season, um, potentially I think we could possibly make a run. Um, run where? Yeah, like, <laughs> a, a, Wait, a run, run where, bro? Run to the grocery yeah, store? Where are we running to, man? Excuse me? I'm sorry. I hear what you said. I said, where are we running to? To the grocery store? What, what, what run are you talking about? Respectfully. Well, hear me out. Hear me out. So, like I said, I'm a I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I, I actually I'm, I live I was born and raised two blocks from MSG. I used to be outside 410, uh, booing the opposing teams. So we after after games we'd run out there two blocks and uh, just, just boo them all. But 
Uh, so I'm a struggling Knicks fan, <laughs> and I think that possibly potentially with a short season, we can make a run to the playoff if we make the correct moves soon. Um, now, I'm a, I, I don't want to accumulate picks because I watched what Boston did in 2019. Um, and that was, they had a, a wealth of draft picks, and it, it just it didn't suit. What did they do with it? They had Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Shamont Waters, and the pick that they should have kept was Matisse Thibault. Yeah. So accumulating picks with me doesn't make the right sense. I think that we should – I have two trades in mind. Um, I want to know your thoughts on it. Uh, I think that we should – if we stay at, if we stay at eight, I think we should draft a call. Um, I, I'm a big fan of his from Auburn. Mm-hmm. And potentially get CP3. If we get CP3 with amongst the trades uh, and Melo will come along with them, I like the starting lineup of CP3, Okoro, RJ, Melo, and Mitch. Now, if we don't, say we do trade back, I would love to trade back with Boston. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of, of trading back in this draft. Possibly, they said I read an article saying that they like the 2021 draft a lot. So if we get another, if we trade back and get a 2021 pick, that'd be awesome. Um, if we trade back to, uh, if we accumulate a draft pick, if we trade back from eight to 14, and possibly I think I'm a big Cole Anthony fan. We get Cole Anthony at 14, trade back with Boston, possibly get 14 and 26. Now we have the 26th and 27th draft pick. Why not move up and get a better value? My potential deal there would be Utah at 22. Why not do that Saturday draft dump with Mike Conley at 22, give a 26th and 27th? Um, I think those two trades would be awesome for the Knicks and possibly get a shoot at that 38 or whatever um, to, to, to accommodate okay. that. But I think this is a drafted trade back in uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, is it other potential options? There's trading back with, with uh, Phoenix to 10 for Kelly Oubre. Trading back with potentially uh, 14, like I said, or trade back at 12 for Buddy Hield or Marvin right. Bagley. I don't like heel. But Sheldon, I appreciate the call. The only thing, the only thing is like on one hand, he's saying, you know, too many draft picks is, is and then get one. Don't make sense. Then he wants to trade back and get more. So I mean, Shelton, you know, all due respect, I'm just saying, you know, it, it was kind of conflicting the uh, conflicting points. You know what I'm saying? Very, very. Um, and he also referenced the one time Boston didn't really hit their draft picks on the head. Like yeah. Boston is built off draft picks. Tatum, Smart, Jalen Brown, those are draft picks that they used. Right. So, like, you can't reference the one draft where they get Ro- Romeo Langford, who was, what, like the 14th pick? Damn near not even a lottery pick. Right. And that's the one you reference? Oh, yeah, he's just a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Shout out to Shelton. Yeah, yeah shout out to Shelton. You know, no disrespect. I'm just saying, you know, it, it was kind of conflicting points there. I like, you know, I like his, his thoughts on Okoro. That, that's a that's a potential there. I, I yeah. like um, p- p- Okoro's potential. I hate the shooting. You know, I hate the shooting. It's a big risk for me. Um, but I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate the pick of Okoro because, like I said, I start with defense before anything. Um, in certain respects, in Boston, yes, if there is a potential for you having too much assets, where sometimes yeah they could be devalued. But I feel like a team like the Knicks that still need talent. Mm-hmm. You have to keep them. I mean, you have to keep rolling that dice, developing these picks, 
And again, using these assets as flexibility. Maybe you trade off some of them down the road. It's still possible. And I think it's a risk that they need to take. I'm also not, I don't know how you feel about it, CP, but I'm just not a fan of the playoffs either. Like, no, I, they're not making I, I always want my team to be contending or we're in the lottery. I don't want to be that in Atlanta between. team yeah. and just stuck. Yeah, that in between. Making a playoffs don't excite me if there's no real hope. Of, like, if we if we drafted, we just hypothetically picked eighth, we picked 27th, and we picked 38. We made some moves in free agency, very little moves. But for some reason, we played out of our minds and made the playoffs. That would be exciting to me because I know that, that we're, we're building on that. That's our young team making it. But, like, mm-hmm. going to trade to see to get CP signing an old mellow to just get a taste of the playoffs and then have to repeat what we're doing now two more, two years later, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense to me when we could just go through it out, go through it now and build for a more solid foundation than just making the playoffs because we have aging talent that, yeah. Listen, man, this this is the hardest league to build a contender in and and you know, who's stuck in no man's land. Y'all might not believe me. The Milwaukee Bucks. Are stuck I agree. in no man's land with the freak, and they are in trouble because, yeah. like I said, they were gonna end up hurt by the Middleton deal. It was a necessary evil. He earned it. You have to give it to him. But they've capped themselves in terms of how good they can be now. Do they go get CP3? If they don't get CP3, what the hell do they do to try to compete and win it? Fact. They don't have enough. Yeah. I think they put themselves in a position where they have to ask Greek Freak to get even better, which Got is you. ridiculous because he's a two two time MVP who's kind of gotten better. Right. But yeah, I think they're in a, they're in a place where they could potentially be stuck unless Greek Freak actually does get better and plays out of his mind and yeah. just takes them to the promised land. That's their only hope. And then I think a team like Utah is kind of stuck too. Like as good as Donovan Mitchell is, I don't see Donovan Mitchell being that guy. Right. And then Rudy is he's just he's he's good to a certain ceiling. So right. I think that team is kind of stuck as well. Because when you have that much money going to Mike Conley, uh, you're gonna have to pay Donovan Mitchell a Matt right. a max. You're probably gonna have to pay Rudy actually. Um, because like you said, it's a necessary evil. So they'll be in the same situation where right. You have to either lose Rudy, who's your rim protection, which makes you so good, or you have to pay him a contract that won't help you in the long run. So I think they're going to be stuck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I just don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to be stuck. I want to compete. Or I want to be trying it's to hard, man. build. Yeah, it is hard. It's, it's very hard, man. It's, it's very tough. hard. It's tough, man. I, I don't think there's a perfect way. You got to get lucky, man. You have to get lucky, it, it, whether it's a draft, free agency, whatever the case may be. You got to get lucky, man. But it's very tough. Um, great show. Last call of the night. We're going to go to the closer. Ron Cleveland in the building. Ron, what's going on, man? It's been a while. I was hoping you would call in tonight. What's going on, bro? Man, 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 man. What up, CP? What's good, Ron? Long time, man. Hope, hope you're feeling okay, man. How's everything? Yeah, man. Everything, Everything's good down here in, in South Carolina, man. Everything's good. Man, you, you bugged me out. You had me laughing. You like, where are we running to? We running to the grocery store? <laughs> hey, that, that, that's got to be an all-time funny favorite. Um, CP, man, I'm telling you, man, I'm loving the whole idea of us taking, taking on a bad contract. And I'm going to tell you why my reason on it. If we if we taking on a bad contract, that means we're getting something in return, right? We're getting, we getting a few things in return. Normally a bad contract, means that a player ain't pretty much living up to what they expected in their 
current situation. So if we get a player back and we get these draft picks, as, as a GM, as a president, your job is to constantly improve your team, to have the ability to do that. And if you can't get free agents, you better have draft picks because draft, draft picks are gold. And that means the more draft picks you got, the more chances you got to hit on somebody. Mm-hmm. Right now in this draft alone, we got, what, three first-rounders, right? Two. Three. Oh, three two. First two first-rounders. Two first-rounders, so that yeah. means we're going we're gonna to hit on somebody. Somebody we're going to hit. Law of averages, you ain't going to strike out on, on three straight picks. Somebody we're going to hit on, man. And so the, the blueprint has already been given, man. You, you look at these small market teams, that's what they've done. Even, even our little brother in Brooklyn, when they took on those bad contracts, they got better. And so that that's my thinking on the, on those contracts, man. And and so far as playoffs, I ain't even thinking about no playoffs, man. I, what I want us to do is to build this thing the right way, slow cook this thing. Don't be in no hurry. But when you do take on a bad contract, you make sure you're getting a lot back in return. Look what the Thunder have done taking on contracts. You know what I mean? So yeah. so that's that's my thought on this whole thing, man. And so far as a point guard, point guard, I, I hope. I hope we get Kyra Lewis or LaMelo. But if we can't get LaMelo, man, there's only one other player in this draft I would love to have because I see Amari Stoudemire written all over him. It's old Obi Toppin, man. I would love to have Toppin. And that's that's my thought on this thing, man. Hey, Knicks family, let's get ready to roll, man. We got to get back to being relevant. And the smartest way, we got to get them draft picks, man, because we, we ain't getting no free agents no time soon. We got to hey. get them draft picks. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with him, man. Appreciate the call, Ron. Appreciate the call, man. And hey, that's it, man. We started the show off with it, ended with it. It's just options, man. Options with team building, Pete. And, and that's the game that we need to be playing right now. We we, yeah. we need talent in the worst way. And, I love uh, the fact that he brought up Brooklyn, too. Brooklyn yeah. did a real good job when they did it. Facts. That, that's a fact, man. So... Let's see what happens, man. But this was a great show. Um, To the callers that didn't get in, listen, man, we, we got to cut the show at some point. We just kept the phone lines open. We wouldn't get no sleep, man. It's people trying to get on me. We left a lot of callers on the switchboard. We tried to get to everybody, but we got to run a show as well. So apologies for not getting you guys on, but please call in next time, and, and we'll, we'll try to get you guys in. Pete, I'm going to throw it over to you. Let the people know where they can find you, man. Great show, bro. Appreciate it again for having me, bro. Um, y'all can find me on Twitter, uh, Peewee the Plug. You can find me on Instagram, Peewee the Plug, H O H. Uh, you can also find me in the chat. I'll, I'll be here in the episodes, even when I'm not on the screen, sharing it with CP and discussing things. I'll be, I'm running y'all right there in the chat um, whenever I'm not here speaking. You know, um, a pleasure, Knicks Nation. I know we got a lot of different opinions on things, but man, we are going to a bright future. I, I trust and believe that the, the guys we have calling the shots now will put us in a place where we'll all at least be able to sleep at night. No more uh, trading, you know, the, the, the draft pick we finally hit on out of nowhere and things like that. We're, we're, we're gearing up for a bright future, man. Get gearing up, bro. And uh, you'll be back on the show, man. No worries about that, man. This this was a great one. Long time coming. Pete yes. from House of Highlights through the wire. Make sure you guys are following him. If you're not already, man, those, those guys are on top of the game, man. Blowing up. Blowing up. So, um, once my, again, people, my people that's here, y'all make sure y'all lock in with CP. Of course, of course, of course. And remember, this show's available in audio podcast format as well. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Just search for Knicks Fan TV Podcast and you'll find it. There's no excuse to miss the show. For more draft coverage, 
make sure you check out my I have a draft playlist draft mega playlist on my channel it has um, this show this has Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report some of the top scouts in the game breaking down basically every prospect within the Knicks range you can't miss it make sure you catch up we have about two three weeks away from the draft so we're getting ready we're gearing up free agency should be right after that Ian Begley hit me up he said CP I gotta get on the show and talk to the people so Ian Begley's gonna be joining us sometime in the, in the coming weeks stay tuned for that as well and yeah great show everybody once again definitely want to shout out all the mods Dave TM Key Sinclair above the rim Ari appreciate it um, John Talento always in here early appreciate it Frederick appreciate it Marlon Small always appreciate it Cartoons Inc how you feeling, man? Appreciate that as well. Retired NYK was in here early as well. Shout out Die Hard Knicks Podcast. Andre Ricardo O'Brien, shout out to you. And yeah, man, that's what we're going to keep doing. We're going to keep rolling. Number one show for the fans, by the fans. You guys be safe. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.